I've been uh, playing a lot of Project Zomboid. I mentioned that to the role-playing group, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a zombie apocalypse game. It It's like, there's no story or anything. You're just kind of in a big open-world sandbox, and you build up skills and find resources, and they the new version has like a very strong multiplayer version, and I've been playing on a server with lots of people, and it's a lot of fun. Hmm. But I have noticed that like you know because i'm playing in multiplayer we've all been like going into different skills and like i've been going into tailoring so i can like make better armor which has largely involved like kind of staying indoors and like reading books to get better at it and then watching vhs tapes that give tutorials on it i'm like at some point i'm just i'm just kind of doing i'm just kind of staying inside and like trying to manage my diet and exercise and be productive it's like i'm that that's what you're doing in reality yeah well, I'm not really watching my diet in reality. Welcome to Brokusatsu, Two Brothers Exploration of Tokusatsu Shows and Associated Media. I'm Harry. And I'm Sam. And I would like to apologize to uh, my friend Nate. So we we're helping to we're helping him put on a gaming tournament this weekend, uh, like a local gaming tournament for one of the miniatures games that we play. It and, doesn't and by, matter. What? And by we be and by we Sam means him and some of their other tabletop uh, friends, because like I'm not involved. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh but, like, the, the game that we're playing doesn't particularly matter uh, for why I'm sorry for Nate. Because um, kind of coincide. this particular tournament coincided with some midwinter cleaning, let's say, uh, that me and my wife are doing. And we recently cleaned out my office. And we realized I had a bunch of just, like, old junk miniatures. Like, a lot of them still new in box. A lot of them, you know incredibly out of print for games that absolutely no one wants to play anymore so i had no interest in keeping these minis and i realized like hey there's a tournament coming up so these could be just random door prizes i asked nate about it he said absolutely not so i stuck into his home the other day and just dumped a bucket of out-of-date minis on his table and ran away (laughs) hopefully Hopefully he will bring them to the tournament to use his door prizes, and he didn't just throw them in his garbage outside. Uh, I guess if he did that, that still solves my problem. But no, 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 He has the same fallacy as you. I mean, Sam, you were able to bring yourself to throw them out. So did, why do you think that Nate, who is as much a nerd as either of us, and just in a different way, is going to be able to throw them out himself? I mean, maybe he has more self-control. I don't know. But I guess the point is, they're out of my house now, and... uh they're in his house, and so it's now his problem. Hey, I hey. I outsourced the problem. Nate was foolish enough to appear on this podcast multiple times, so, you know, he, he doesn't have any type of self-control, and we know it. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, I, I guess uh, people attending our tournament on Saturday look forward to getting random out-of-print Guild Ball miniature number five as a door prize. And speaking of... Uh unexpected prizes <laughs> let's talk about these couple of episodes 
Yeah, they were pretty good ones. In which something, uh, an unexpected object shows up in one of them, and the second one was far better than I was expecting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like, the second one is a lot of fights, so not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, there's some There's, there's some a lot to talk about in the second one. Well, sure. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll inevitably talk about it. Uh, let's get into episode 17, which... Uh, begins like straight up mid fight. Like it begins with the commander shouting, Launch, launch the gorilla mech, or whatever the fuck its name. He actually said its name. Like I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you know. Uh, they're, they're sending out the, the blue truck that turns into a gorilla uh, because a Megazord is incoming in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And, and Ryuji, he transforms, he goes to the nearby Edertron tank, and then sighs and says, Masato, what are you doing? Uh, as the camera cuts over to the Energon tank, we realize that the gold and the silver beetles are just crawling over it. It it kind of looks adorable. Yeah, they're, they're just sucking out Energon. They're not sucking out, they're stealing Energon. <laughs> like, the professor and his buddy Roid are actually attacking the city kind. Like, they're not, they're not damaging anything, but they are straight up stealing Energon from the city's reserves. Yeah. And Ryuji is kind of waving them down and be like, get off there. And the commander back at base just lowers his head and sighs. Because he knows this guy very, very well. Yeah, they dated, you know, what was established. Yep, yep. And they, they also note that uh, the, the gold Megazord, the, the big crane, uh, is kind of similar to those blueprints that got stolen a little bit ago. And yeah, it turns out that that was a design that preceded his disappearance into hyperspace. Uh, so uh, Blue's uh, high school friend was kind of like copying off uh, one of the professor's former notes to create this thing that is now going to be menacing the rangers. Yeah, that that guy, every fact we learn out makes him even sadder. Yeah. Uh, although, it's apt you bring him up because this episode is kind of dealing with the themes of that episode, but like in a better way. That makes sense. Uh, but first, uh, after the title sequence, we uh, are back on the ground. And all the rangers there, and gold and silver are there, and the the three original rangers, they're kind of yelling at cold berating him because, like, dude, dude, you can't just steal Energon from the Energon tanks. Masada says, hey, what am I supposed to do? My, my avatar and my robots, they all need Energon to get transported here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the team's like, we'll be able to give it to you once you're on the roster. And Masada's like, eh, whatever, it all comes from the same place. <laughs> Which, I mean... I get where he's coming from, but I also get where the Rangers are coming from, and I think the Rangers are right here. Yeah, the commander gets on the phone and says, like, respect the chain of command for once. Why do you always have to be so irresponsible? Uh, simmer down, Kurorin. <laughs> Everyone giggles. It's a, it's a cute fight. Uh, it trends into a bit more serious topics when they bring up hyperspace, because uh, they're they're talking about, like, going to hyperspace, Red asks if he... Uh, Red asks the professor if he thinks it's possible to go into hyperspace, and Gold says, it would be easier for you to go there than for me to come back from there. But the problem is, you might wuss out when you see what the place is like. Mm-hmm. And Red, who like has even like been training himself harder to the point of kind of getting a visible but very minor injury. Uh, he has a is... band-aid on his cheek. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. How, how do you get a band-aid on your... Like, he has a giant, like, bubble Sam, helmet on. Last, last podcast, you got a, a injury on your face similar to a band-aid from shooting a gun too much. Yes, but that's because I was like, my eye was a little bit too close. Like, how would a person get a cut on their cheek 
through a ranger helmet. Yeah, he might have been shooting, like, without his helmet on. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But yeah, so on the subject of hyperspace, we now cut to Enter, as he is uh, reviewing some of the footage of the gold and the silver uh, vehicles coming from hyperspace, and he says that he thinks it's a good idea to refrain from fighting them in hyperspace, because who knows what it would do to our unstable little dimension. The Vagra space is kind of situated in one of the more stable parts there, so everything else is about to collapse, and if they if they fight up there, then it could wreck their own shit. Like, it's their house, so they don't want to fight there. Yeah, it's like, it's a hyperspace bubble, and they're just right on that their edge, and just the tidiest little prick, and just the whole thing collapses. It's, I, I, I kind of love that reasoning, like, for why they can't actually go after him. Yeah. It makes sense. It tracks, logically. So, Enter uh, fades back into the real world, where he's having a nice steak dinner, in full-on suit and tie, and weird techno goggles. Yes. He is eating the steak very menacingly. Really shocked that uh, a a stupid human survived in hyperspace for 13 years. It's kind of the biggest weak weak point they have. So, now we cut to uh, uh, the Professor and Blue, and they're having a heart-to-heart in batting cages. Masada brags about his buster machine, and Blue just says, yeah, kind of vaguely. And Jin's surprised, because the Ryuji he knows, like, way back when, would have been badgering him with questions and really excited about all the new specs and stuff like that. Yeah, so the professor, like, he, he remembers this guy very, very well. He remembers Blue. And Blue was all about being an engineer. He was all about, like, designing and working with robots. And that was the future he wanted. Yeah, I mean, he he was almost... Blue was almost winning robotics contests uh, back in the day, so he was kind of a kid genius on his own. And so Gold is kind of uh, poking and prodding him and testing him, like the uh, much the way that he did with Red the previous episode. Like, yeah. yeah, Gold is going to like kind of poke and prod and test all the Rangers over the next couple weeks just to make sure that they're ready. Yeah, I mean, he he told Red that when you're ready, when you're able to kick my ass, you'll be ready to take on uh, Messiah. But with Blue. Uh, when Blue says, you know, ah, I'm kind of focusing on my combat ability right now, and demonstrates by hitting a home run into the next city. <laughs> Jin asks him why he's even bothering fighting. Yeah, because Red and Yellow, they have family in hyperspace. Like, they have reasons to want to go there and pull people out. Blue, not so much. Yeah. And sure, like, he made promises to people when they were young. But, like, that that only goes so far. You need something driving you. You need fuel for the heart in order to fight. And it can't just be, like, a, a promise or someone else's reason. Uh, and when Blue kind of says he's a bit in this to protect them, uh, Jin's like, well, be careful you don't hold them back. Uh, the, they So if they get a call from the commander, they're going to just give them a supply of Editron now to avoid problems. And they're excited. Uh, Jin calls over Jay, who uh, wanders over, thinks he might hear something, but doesn't really care, because he doesn't care about anything that's on himself. And so Enter is able to stalk him to the meeting point. Uh, yes. And at the meeting point, uh, Yellow is airlifting in this uh, tank full of 2,000 trons of Energon. And, you know, everyone's happy. It's like, all right, yeah, this is actually going to do uh, really good for us. Until Enter intercepts it. He jumps onto the transport in midair. And this makes a little bit more sense given what we've seen, because Enter can't actually die or get hurt here. He's basically doing a suicide run to go up there, grab the Inertron, and summon something at the last moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, no downside for Enter on this, except for, like, the expenditure of Energon. 
uh, and they can't really shoot at it because it's a giant tank of energy and it'll explode. <laughs> so the best yeah. they can do is cut it loose, and as it's falling through the air, Enter uses a fork from his dinner and summons a meteoroid. I really love the sequence. Like, it's, uh, it was an enter attack and it was like a, a sneak attack, but still the heroes were trying to be proactive. Like, you know, they were, they were problem solving, like, uh, we're going to shoot it. Oh, we can't because of this. Uh, so just cut it loose. Like, you know, destroy it, destroy it now. And they were a little bit too slow or enter was a little bit too fast. Didn't work. So they summoned the big guy and they summoned him with like, all 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 the energon right there and so it just immediately links to the other realm and lets him summon the big bad new mech the reading they get is of a beta megazord Mm -hmm. but uh the little uh analyst girl says the mass reading is way off so uh, it's also coming like super super fast it's going to be there in 30 seconds the everybody transforms they do the roll call and Enter just pops onto a nearby rooftop and is watching the proceedings with glee. Uh, he is under the impression that today is the day the rangers die. Red, blue, yellow, they decide to go get their buster machines and go fight the Megazord. Yeah, uh, Gold says, like, you know, go go fight that thing. We got this guy down here. And they're fighting it. It seems just like a normal beta. But after a couple hits, it locks in place, starts twitching, and a screaming, like, giant monstrosity of metal bursts out of its back. Like, ripping its yeah, way free. It's a piggyback parasite type of situation. And uh, this this new one that pops out does not look standard issue at all. It is, you know, it it looks very dangerous, very lethal. Yeah. Well, it, it, it shows, and I actually realized this watching this, it shows how it's kind of adapted from some of the designs for the Gold Megazord. Because the Gold Megazord, when it transports in, it has the jet on it. So it's like two Megazords coming together. So this one, he uh, enter flipped the script so that it attaches to something else and rides in. Blue was actually on the ground uh, fighting these guys as well, or fighting the little guy as well. But Gold and Silver tell like, "Go, go, go! They need your help." Yeah, put put the machines together and use the attack. Gold and Silver they very quickly finish off the monster on the ground. Uh, after we get a couple sequences of like you know uh, the Big Mac starting to form, and we get the impression that like the the new model is just destroying them. It's it's nasty. It's really, really nasty. They block some of the attacks They because the Gobuster said, we had enough war- warning about all this to happen that we improved our defenses. But then when they go to shoot the energy thing and crush it in a dimension bubble, like uh, Vagris was worried would happen to them, mm-hmm. the Delta Megazord looks around, screams, and tears back into reality. <laughs> Yeah, they break out of the Dimension Crush, which is real, real bad, because that took most of the juice from the big Megazord, so they're down to, like, 15-10% of their of their Energon left, and they have to split. Uh, and shortly after they split, Delta, he's just firing crazy amounts of energy bolts. Uh, his, his big blade thing is super strong, wrecking Ace, and then he fires spikes into its arm, kind of just disabling it on the ground. Yeah, the red mech has, like, missiles or, like, darts sticking out of its, like, shoulder and chest. It's a real bad look. I I love that the series is not afraid to actually do some legit battle damage on both the rangers and their mechs. Well, it's it's one of the benefits of mech shows that you can have a lot of damage to the machines and, like, the, you know, it is severe significant damage, but it's not, like, permanently disabling to the characters. 
Ryuji kind of freaks out, and as right as Ging blasted by shots, he jumps in front and is heroically, you know, shielding him from fire. And at this point, it is time for gold and silver to the rescue. Well, we see, like, enter. He's on the roof. He's loving this. Like, you know, he's seeing, he saw the uh, most lethal uh, Zord, at least up to this point, get manhandled by this new thing. If gold and silver weren't here, enter would win today. Uh, but gold and silver are here. They arrive with their megazords. And they start fighting as gold starts braiding Ryuji, saying, hey, your human shield act isn't pressing anybody. You're just changing the order you die in. Yep, I do like gold. Gold's came off like a little harsh, like during the first couple episodes, but he is growing on me. Kindness isn't isn't enough to get you through a battle. And he, he even bashes blue as he's doing this. Like, you can't do this for somebody else. You have to do it for yourself. And this encourages uh, Blue to, like, in his uh, in his gorilla, like, he's down to just, like, single digits percentage uh, for power remaining. So he pulls out a couple of USB dongles and sticks them into the red and the yellow uh, Ranger mechs and drains their power so he actually has enough to contribute into the fight. And Yoko's surprised, but Hiromu says, I mean, one effective machine is better than three ineffective ones. It's a decent choice. He, he works together with Gold to deal with the the, be- the Beta Megazord, but the Delta's still out there. Uh, by the way, Gold at this point, like, he drops a line as he's, you know, dueling with the uh, Delta mech. I can't wait to be an engineer when I get back. It gets me all the chicks. In a world where engineers build giant robots, fuck yeah, it does. I mean, sure, sure, sure. It's just like, huh, huh. And he's also trying very hard. The jock engineer is, uh... Yeah, it's not something my brain had processed quite yet at that point. I mean, do you call him like a rock star last time? And that's the type of dude he is. He's like a Tony Stark, you know? He's like a good Tony Stark. Yes. Like, if if it turned out that he invented Vagras, then he would be Tony Stark. But this this show doesn't do that plot twist. So he doesn't. he's not the one who invented Vagras? No. Like, I, I think I mentioned it, but, like, it, it doesn't go as big into the origin of the enemy like it did in uh, RPM. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, yeah, so, uh, now that's the beta's down, like, uh, Gold, he transforms his mech, and he has a human form. Like, like Red, he has uh, three forms. A bug form, human form, and vehicle form. Mm-hmm. And he starts working over the Delta Megazord. Not with a single, giant, kill-everything attack, but by kind of using his various abilities like uh, he has so his crane arm means that he has like ex- an extendo arm thing he starts bashing the delta from a distance and then latching on and electrifying it yeah it's a little doc aki like you know he just had, he has supreme reach and he's just he's using it very well he's like rope doping and just like doing minimal damage minimal damage but it adds up yeah, I mean, he did design this Megazord design, and, and so th- it's him versus something someone else stolen, like, uh, kind of tried to add to, but he's been working on this for 13 years. And it shows. And they're able to take down the Delta. The day is saved. Enter is fucking pissed and freaking out. Like, he's apoplectic, because he's been working on this for a while, and this is the the single largest L he's taken. Like, even before... With the hostage crisis, he was able to be like, eh, I'll come back with a different, better hostage crisis. But for this, he just fucking worked all this time for this, and it didn't win. And so he shouts, Mondu! Just like through clenched teeth as he fades away. 
He doesn't even fucking show up next episode. He's so pissed. Like, the, oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The show's yeah. giving him some time to kind of like recover from this emotionally. Needs time to recuperate, just like you know, breathe in, breathe out, do the exercises, just like you know, focus, 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 and then come back and kill the Rangers. Last scene, they're up on the roof. They're up on that rooftop that they're always on, mm-hmm. and Gold is given Blue a stack of engineer books. His recommended reads. They'll steer you right. Blue during the battle did scream like, you know, as he was uh, taking the energy away from red and yellow. I am going to be an engineer when this is all done. So he has like reasserted himself. That is what he is fighting for. He's fighting for his future as an engineer and not, you know, a superhero. Yeah, because I mean, like this episode portrays it a lot better in that, you know, it is not exactly what he wanted to do. And now he's fighting and, you know, for a... New dream. And good for him. And uh, hopefully it's worth it, because Jin then says, by the way, I don't have any money, so you you, you owe somebody for these books. <laughs> yes. Also, also, I'm going to reach into your wallet and steal, like, 200 bucks. Because, whatever, I mean, I've been, I'm technically 40, but I've frozen in age for 13 years, so you're one year older than me. You're the senior, I'm taking your money. Yeah, like a true professor, he just reaches into a student's pocket and just robs them for books. <sighs> well, most of my professors, like, secretly gave you PDFs, for, because computer science is a lot more flexible about that. Yeah, a lot of the professors I had at uh, UW Seattle actually wrote the books that we were required to read, so no fucking way in hell they were going to let us get away with not uh, not buying them. It's a nice uh, conflict of interest right there that uh, the school really, really, really needed to tamp down on. The Commander Jin have a moment, as everybody else, you know, messes around. Yep, yep, yep. Just some light flirting between the two of them. So, episode 18. Oh, oh, I guess I'll say. So, that was, like, a good episode, but I do feel like, especially because 13 and 14 really didn't need to be a two-parter, they could have taken one of those episodes out and used it to, like, beef up the action in in this one. Like, they... Because they had been building towards this Delta Megazord for a really long time, and he shows up and instantly defeats it. Like, I, I just feel like it'd be nice if its first showing was a little longer. Yeah, I could see uh, for showing of Delta being a two-parter, like a split two-parter. That would have been a nice, like, you know, kind of a third of the way through the series mini-boss type of episode. I mean, for all that I complain, episode 18 has really good mech action. It really does. It really does. Uh, as we begin with 18, uh, Yellow is in the is in her classroom, and she is going through a uh, nature book, like a botanical history book, and she's studying beetles, because I guess she's a bit of a bug fanatic. She really likes them. Then she's translating the name Beach Jade Stag into, like, its scientific form. And uh, Red shows up, and, you know, he sees the book, and he kind of drops a line, like, so Yellow's really into bugs, Red's really into flowers, which is nice. And, you know, they have hobbies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Blue off to the side is he's having stomach pop problems and asking for something to help calm it because with the added stress of having to deal with those two as well as Jin, it's really messing with them. Yeah, uh, the Blue Gorilla is kind of behind him, just like giving him a bit of a back massage. <laughs> so there's a Megazord sighting at this point, uh, an Alpha, and it's, it's already there. So this one kind of snuck up on them. Uh, it's... It's uh, somewhere off in the mountains. There's not an Enertron tank nearby, uh, so they're not sure what it's doing there. And as we cut to title, a giant hole explodes out of the ground and just, like, rains dirt everywhere. Uh, after opening credits, the 
Goobusters go up to the edge of the hole and just kind of look down, and they're scanning it. It's 3,000 meters deep. Three kilometers. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's also very awkwardly sized, because, like, uh, it's too small for Yellow to fly down there because Erodos would clip the edges, but it's too big for Red to safely, like, you know, just kind of uh, strong arm, just, like, hold the sides and, like, slowly slide down. Yeah. Plus, and, if and he did... And the edges, like, they're not super stable, so they'd crumble and he'd just fall down. Yeah, not to mention, like, that would be completely exposed uh, from any attack from the bottom. Like, if there is a Megazord down there and he's, like, you know, slowly lowering himself, just one good shot and he falls three kilometers to his death. So, overall, so, yeah. they, overall they decide, fuck it, let's just go deal with the, the little guy while we think about ways to deal with the big guy. So they go to the factory of fighting. Uh, and uh, there is a drill there. Like, this is uh, this is the exact same costume that they used, like, three or four episodes ago, right? Yeah, but it's recolored. Uh, that one was kind of blue and gray. This one is bright red. So this is the first recycled uh, Metroid, which some people complained about, but they do a good job of the show of making them seem like distinct characters. And also, I mean, it's it's a good place to shave edges. It is a good place to shave edges. Also, it makes sense with what they're doing. <laughs> Like, yeah. it's, it tracks logic, like, Edger's a smart guy, and also, well, he's a smart guy, also he got a Series L last time, so he didn't want to think up, like, an entirely new plan. He, you know, he, he was thinking about getting something new and trying to put on the costume to wander in, but he just slumped his shoulders, and was like, I can't do it today, I can't, I, I gotta, I gotta go somewhere else, you, whatever, drill, go drill for something. Go drill, like, in the wilderness, away from everyone. Just, like, you know, take a lot of time. I'll be back next week. I just I just need time to decompress. Uh, also, this drill guy has a really funny accent. It, it's translated in uh, our version as a kind of thick southern accent. Uh, so I, I assume it's got to be, like, a, the Kansai thing. That's usually the equivalent for Japan. Yeah, and it's not really acting all that aggressive. Like, you know, as the Rangers show up and they start to, like, you know... Uh, line up to fight him. He's like, come on, come on, guys, let, let's just talk. I'm not here to fight. I'm here to drill. I'm just looking for Energon. Can't we just be in peace? Yeah, I'm just a simple, uh, I'm a simple drill. Don't follow your fancy talk. I'm, I'm wandering from coast to coast, mining for Energon. So as they uh, begin the fight, they get a call from the colonel. Uh, they did a bit more analysis of the hole. Turns out that there's a rich vein of unrefined Energon underground. So I guess it kind of is like oil. Except we, well, we also kind of go down in a little bit, and it's also kind of like crystals, so I still, I'm still unclear. Like, until I'm told otherwise, Energon is literally Energon cubes from Transformers. I, I can't dispute that. Like, you know, I, I, I guess this really could be like an AU of the Transformers universe just a couple years before they show up. But that's where Vagris came from. It came from fucking uh, Cybertron. It was just, someone was working with a Cybertronian device and they downloaded a thing. I have found a fanfic to write. Great. Great. But yeah, so the the Rangers, they fight the drill on the ground a little bit, but then he, he runs away. He digs down and uh, he escapes because this is not, this is not a fighter. This is a driller. This is a collector. Yeah. So now there's two enemies that they really can't chase or deal with properly. But Gold bursts on to the scene because he got the perfect plan. Yes, he needs to deputize Red and Blue, and uh, when Red seems unwilling to go along with him, he tapes a picture of a chicken to Red's forehead, <laughs> paralyzing him. Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, whatever, just 
do that. And then he puts up the helmet over it so it's stuck there. It just carries his limp body. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He has to transform to carry him, though. Which is, you know, a nice moment. Uh, uh, yellow but- and silver, they stay behind to track down the little one as uh, blue, red, and gold go to fight the big ones. And here's the fun thing where they start uh, they start bonding, because, right, Yoko is very young. She's the youngest of the main Go-Busters. But if you think about it, Jay was built in hyperspace, so he's even younger than her. And, like, he, he is a weirdo, and, you know, Jane is the oldest guy, Jay is the youngest. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he has his uh, wonderful himbo energy. It is, it is quite delightful. Uh, back, at, back at the hole, uh, they've started organizing for their plan. So, uh, Jin, his Megazord is a big crane, so he's just going to use the winch and lower Ace down, like, really slowly until he gets to the bottom of the fight. And in case the Megazord comes up and tries to fight him while he's doing this, because he'll be pretty vulnerable, Blue will stay on top and defend him. Good plan. Good plan. It is interesting, though, because, like, this means that he would need a cable that's 3,000 meters long, and I did a little bit of research, because, I don't know, sometimes it's fun, and there is an instance of a cable that long. Uh, Ridali, a, like, industrial manufacturer, they made a deep-sea kind of expedition cable that is 4,003 meters long and 438 tons in weight. Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of, especially, like, you know, any... Anytime you want to look at just, like, fucked up real world, like, uh, engineering, look at, like, oil derricks. Look at the the type of engineering that it takes to keep those things operational. Like, yeah, we 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 could do that. We could do that. The Beggar 88 or whatever new versions they've come, they've come up with that are giant saws that carve out sides of mountains. Uh, we have some real world equivalents to be uh, going with, but... Uh, uh, this this absolutely tracks. Red agrees to do it. Blue agrees to do it. Uh, cut back to the forest. Uh, so Silver is tracking this drill uh, from above ground, and Yoko's just kind of like wandering behind him, uh, just trying to keep up. Silver walks up to a tree. He seems very interested in it. Yellow's wondering like if the enemy is underneath it. But then Silver just says like, man, the sap of this tree looks really, really good. He loves trees. He is a beetle. Yoko starts complaining over the radio, like, Isana, this guy, this guy is a doofus, and this is me saying it. I can't take much more. So, back to the hole. Uh, Red is slowly being lowered uh, by gold, at which point two bug droids shoot straight up from the bottom and go straight past Red uh, to the top to attack the uh, the winch. Uh, this brings in blue. Uh, it is his time to shine and hold off these bug droids as Red completes his mission. Yep, Jin read the situation very well. Uh, so Red, he's he's getting lower down there. He is at the bottom, so he's dropped down. There's big glowing green ki- crystals. Yep, there's a bit of a fighting arena uh, underground, and uh, wouldn't pre- you know the still, the drill is there. It's still pretty cramped though. Yeah, quite cramped, uh, especially when the drill summons two additional bug droids. Yeah, three on one in a closet. It he's he's doing the Capra demon fight. Mm-hmm. Sab says, mm-hmm, even though he he has not gotten that far in Dark Souls. No, I have not. And it probably won't, because, you know, I, I enjoy some parts of Dark Souls, but man, that game is just mean to me. It's mean to everyone, and that's the point. And I, I'm going to make you play it someday. I, I, I'm working my way through Dark Souls 1. 
I I found a new campfire. Like, you know, one. The first one, apparently. The Like, after the asylum? Oh, uh, no, no, the third, I suppose. Yeah. So I'm, I'm up to three. Uh, that's something, you know. I've, I've, you can tell by achievements that a lot of people don't get that far. So, good for you. Uh, good times. So, back at the forest. Uh, the small one finally does show up. Just, like, springs uh, straight out of the ground and starts just attacking these guys. Because... I guess his uh, earlier protestations of, uh, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, he was lying. He is a fighter now. Well, they're chasing him, so whatever. He, he'll he'll fight him, if, if that's what he's got to do. He has a right to self-defense. <laughs> we're, we're the real monsters in this situation. He just wants a drill in peace. So they begin to fight, and Yellow gasses out. Like, uh, she had been wandering behind Silver for so long and uh, not eating snacks that her blood sugar just crashes almost immediately and she collapses. Yeah, she pulls out some sweets, but then it gets shot out of her hand by the robot. And, alright, I know I know this is a kid's show, but like, she'd taken off her helmet to eat the snacks and she they were close to her face, so the why, robot... Why shoot the snacks and not the head? Yeah, it was like three inches to the right he could have just put, put a bullet in her dome i mean maybe maybe he missed <laughs> maybe this is another sign that he's not a valid drill he he's just trying to aim to disable this one didn't deserve to die harry i'll work it into the fanfic drill drill redemption <laughs> uh so yeah silver jumps in and uh drives off the drill for a little bit like with some shots and uh, then he hands yellow a tree branch that is dripping with sap yes take it the, the sap of this tree is exceptionally sweet. It'll let you get some calories. She doesn't want to, but then she takes a bite and... Wait, it works. It really was sweet. Yeah. I guess this was like a Japanese maple tree. Or some equivalent. Like, how, how many types of trees actually have, like, sap that tastes anything but repellent, Harry? Let's go to Google. Like, is it just maple trees? Are maple trees the only freaks in the animal kingdom that are like, yes, yes, drink my blood? So, sugar maple, yeah, highest volume and concentration. Black maple, red maple, uh, silver maple, Norway maple, box elder, the Manitoba, okay, the Manitoba maple. How many trees not named maple okay. can you drink the sap of? Uh, Goroso, which translates to the tree that is good for the bones, is the most commonly tapped maple tree in Korea. It's a maple tree, Harry. It's a maple. Oh, okay. I missed that. Uh, butternut, white walnut. Uh, the butternut produces a sap that yields roughly 2% sugar, similar to sugar maples. But it's not a sugar maple, it's a butternut tree. Okay, we found one. Specifically one. Uh, heartnut. Oh, a cultivar, a cultivar of Japanese walnuts. Heartnuts have sugar contents con- comparable to sugar maples, but oh. produce much less sap. So it's probably a heartnut. All right, we found it. Yay, little internet sleuthing. Is, is it really sleuthing if it's like the first thing that popped up in Google? It still counts. Take the win. So Red uh, below is kind of getting his ass handed to him because, you know, he's outnumbered at his close quarters. Uh, so he wants to drag the drill bot up. So he tells Gold to uh, lower the winch and he's going to swig it around. Yeah, give me more slack. And when he does, he starts throwing it around and is lassoing the big mech uh back at the forest uh yellow and silver they're working together really well they make quick work of the drill bot they both land uh dual finishers and he explodes yoko comments that he's 
he's doing pretty well, better than she expected. And he says, well, I only follow my own orders, but Jin suggested I order myself to coordinate with you. <laughs> yes, it's a cute moment. Uh, so back at the big fight, like, uh, the two bugroids, they jump over blue and they're about to attack the winch. Uh, but at this point, like the, uh, gold does manage to pull up, uh, the, uh, enemy. And so he transforms. And so we kind of like break into little pods. Uh, also yellow arrives just in time. Cause like blue, he, he wasn't in danger from the little guys, but blue is a gorilla and he's not like a sprinter. So they, they kind of just got past him. Uh, but yellow, uh, in her, in, you know, her rabbit mech attacks him and knocks him away. So uh, we now have Red Underground fighting two bug droids. We have Gold uh, one-on-one-ing the actual threat. And then we have Blue and Yellow teaming up to take out the other two bug droids. And it it's good mech fighting. I, it's, I love these small individual pods that shows like that they're all capable and they all have different skills. The, the only quibble I'd have is that Yellow kind of drags away the Megazord to a separate location, which is to the middle of the city. Largely to give the three different fights visual distinction, but he did take it to like a far more populated area to make it explode. <laughs> but Harry, this is this is Megazord Japan. They they have the underground shelters. We just have to we have to visualize that they're fine. Other countries are capable of preparing for disasters. We live in America, so we have a skewed view of the the leaders just willing to accept large casualties. So the uh, the fight, it's good quality fighting, um, and uh, all the enemies are destroyed. Back on ground afterwards, like, Gold is having a heart-to-heart with the team. He tells him that they're a better team than I thought. Blue asks, what did you expect? To which he replies, complete and utter chaos. Yeah, well, we're not like you. They, they shoot back. But Yoko is very touched that Jin ordered Jay to work with her, and Jin is very embarrassed. <laughs> they kind of squabble as the episode closes out so that's another two good episodes harry these are good episodes yeah like it uh a lot of people were, were worried about gold and silver being kind of poochy like but it, it really does make sense because they're older and more experienced and like it that that gets fixed a lot later on remind me what poochy like is just like it isn't poochy like the young cute one like poochy the dog from uh simpsons like like a, a marty stew basically is okay more... okay well, I mean, they're, they're they're the new, they're the late introduced Rangers. They're always going to be stronger. Like, yeah, I know. A lot of people were complaining on the internet about this show is kind of what I'm saying. And That's just what? the deal. Yeah, it turns out they're all wrong. You're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of great, uh, hopefully the next couple of episodes are going to be great. But I don't remember what they are because I haven't looked ahead. Yay. Like, I hope Enter comes back like a changed man. <laughs> I'm sure he'll have new schemes when he shows up, or maybe Messiah will actually give him a partner, which, you know, all due respect to Enter, Enter could use a partner. I, you know, I'll say this, Enter does get a partner at some point. Alright, good. Whether or not you're gonna like the partner is something we'll deal with when we get there. Okay. But, to get there, we'll have to wait. Until next time. And while we're waiting, what are we gonna do? We're going to keep dancing, Harry. We are going to keep dancing. <laughs>